800-321-0710, the number to call. We'll get back to your calls in a little bit. Remember, we have Mets tickets to give away and also a chance to uh, get entered in that grand prize weekend to see the Mets in Pittsburgh. You don't want to miss that. Big weekend coming up for the Yankees and the Red Sox. Tomorrow night, the three-game series gets underway in the Bronx. Eduardo Rodriguez versus Sabathia. you got Sale and Gray on Saturday. Price and Severino on Sunday. This hated rivalry renewed and resumes uh, tomorrow night. And to get more insight from the Boston side of things, we welcome in Sean McAdam of the Boston Sports Journal. You know, Sean, I'm surprised, and not surprised at the record that the Red Sox have, but how about that starting pitching? To me, I look at it on paper, and outside of Sale, I don't really trust any of those guys. They've been pretty darn good this year. I know they have a good lineup, but the starting pitching been pretty decent this year for the Red Sox. Yeah, it certainly has, Sal. And um, I, I think that, you know, this was sort of the Red Sox best case scenario. Uh, Sale, as you mentioned, you don't worry about. You knew he was going to be fine. But you didn't know what you were going to get out of David Price, given his health issues from a year ago, his uh, seeming lack of comfort pitching in the Boston environment. Uh, Porcello's a guy that's been up and down here. He won a Cy Young two years ago, and then last year, uh, you know, led the league in home runs and hits allowed and had an ERA well into the fourth. So they needed him to bounce back. Really, uh, in terms of the starting rotation, um, everything has worked out in a sort of best-case scenario for them, and it's been a, a big factor, as you cited, in them getting off to the kind of start they have. Yeah, and I guess I look at that because you look at both rosters, Sean. I mean, they're very evenly matched. I know the Red Sox have a lot more speed than the Yankees do, but both teams great offensively. Uh, both teams have good bullpens. Both teams have gotten good starting pitching, but you look at the Yankees and say, well, they're going to need another starter. But then I look at the Red Sox and say, well, compared to them, the Yankees aren't in that bad of shape, so maybe that would be the one area that I would look to improve what would be the area the Red Sox at the deadline are going to look to focus on? Well, I think probably one of two things. Um, I, I think they could definitely use the bullpen to be a little fortified. Uh, they're fine with the closer. And Craig Kimbrell, he's one of the probably two or three best closers in the game and has been for the last number of years. Uh, but the high leverage spots in the, to, to get to Kimbrell has been a little spotty in that in saying that, uh, I think the Red Sox bullpen ERA is third in Major League Baseball, so it's not exactly been a disaster. Um, but I think there's still some question about how much they could trust a guy like Joe Kelly, who has been very good at times, but has also blown up. He did so last night. He had a rough game in Yankee Stadium the last time the Red Sox were there. He cost them uh, an opening day win in uh, Tampa Bay when they were up 4 nothing in the 8th and lost 6-4. to four. So he's had some uh, games blow up on him, and I, I think you know this probably applies to the majority of teams in the game, particularly those that are contending. It seems like everyone wants to improve the bullpen. You know, even if it's statistically very good as the Red Sox have been, uh, it's almost like general managers are duty-bound to go out and get another reliever at the deadline, and I would expect the Red Sox to be among those. And then the other thing is to try to get a right-handed bat. They've had some difficulty as good as they've been offensively. Uh, they've had some difficulty against lefty pitching. Um, so I, I think they could use another right-handed bat, preferably one that could play the outfield a little bit, and perhaps platoon with Jackie Bradley Jr., who has struggled, and also get some at-bats at first with a lefty and Mitch Moreland. So those are the two uh, primary needs. Uh, another late-inning bullpen arm, 
and a right-handed bat, preferably one that's versatile enough to play some first and outfield. Yeah, interesting. We're talking with Sean McAdam, Boston Sports Journal. The reason I asked that, Sean, is because you know you look at the teams we mentioned; they're they're evenly matched. And I always thought the big advantage that the Yankees would have would be come trade deadline, whatever need they have, they will go address it. I mean, it's pretty simple. They're going to ownership, give them the approval. They're going to go out there and get it, whether it's one starters, two starters, maybe a lefty reliever, the bullpen. I don't think they need another bat. They got plenty of those in the minor league level uh, who could help them out at the major leagues, um, but. I feel like the Yankees had an advantage there. Is that the case, or you think the Red Sox going to – I mean, obviously they're all in this year. You think they're going to do whatever it takes at the deadline to get what they need to build this complete team or make it even more complete to make sure they win that AL East? Yeah, I think there is a win-now philosophy here. Um, not so much as it relates to you know trying to beat the Yankees, and certainly it would be their preference to – win the division and avoid that one-game winner-go-home wildcard scenario. Nobody wants to go through that. Um, so they do want to win the division, but I think that's, the, that's sort of the charge around here most years anyway. Um, the Red Sox moves at the deadline are complicated by two factors, one more than the other. The lesser one is that they are almost at that third uh, payroll luxury tax threshold. Hmm. Uh, they're at 232, give or take, and 237 is the top one, and you go over that, it costs you 10 spots in the draft next June, and it triggers a, a much higher tax uh, on any overages. So at some point, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to add on to that a great deal, but they have said both privately and publicly that they'll do what they think they need to do to make the team better and address whatever needs may be. And the, so the payroll is somewhat of an artificial uh, limiter. What is very much a, uh, an impediment is the fact that their farm system is nowhere near as fertile as the Yankees right now. Mm. And that's because uh, Dombrowski coming in here um, has moved a lot of the top prospects in the last three years and gotten very good value for it. He's acquired uh, Kimbrell. He's gotten Chris Sale. He acquired Drew Pomerantz. Um, Sale and Kimbrell obviously have been huge acquisitions. Pomerantz won uh, 17 games last year and was very important to them winning the division last year. Uh, Tyler Thornburg's another guy they traded for, gave up some prospects. He has yet to pitch for them from uh, some shoulder issues, but may be back in the second half. So they've thinned out their minor league system, and they don't have, you know, the Frasers and the uh, – you know, the, the Sheffield and the guys that the Yankees do uh, to get in on, you know, the bigger names being moved. So, uh, you know, if the, if the Yankees wanted to, they could pursue somebody like Machado because they have uh, the talent to go get him. The Red Sox are not in that category, but I also think they're probably not aiming as high. That's not to say they don't have needs, but I think they could get a bullpen arm and a righty platoon bat without having to give up. Uh, a, a real major prospect, which is good because they don't have a lot at the top end of their system. Yeah, it's not. It's an excellent point. It's not just about whether ownership or willing to take on more money. It's not just about money in general. You know, the Yankees with their loaded farm system can basically do whatever they want if they choose. Now, mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like they're going to do a lot of that, but I mean, if they do find the the perfect fit, whether it's at number two behind Severino, whoever that may be, then they could go out there theoretically and trade whatever uh, it takes to get him. We're talking with Sean McAdam of the Boston Sports. 
Sports Journal. How about Alex Cora and the job he's done, Sean? We've seen both ends of the spectrum here in New York. Callaway has been awful, obviously working with a lot less than Aaron Boone has with the Yankees. I know Cora's got a great record. Red Sox got off to the red-hot start, haven't looked back. How would you evaluate his first year on the job? Yeah, I think he's done a very good job. As he fits the, the record that, uh, you know, when you've won two-thirds of your games at the exact halfway point, um, it's hard to find criticism. That doesn't mean he hasn't made mistakes or there haven't been some things that he would have, you know, like a do-over on. But for the most part, he's been uh, very sound in terms of in-game managing. But I think really his impact style has been more about uh, changing the culture here, Um I think uh, the Red Sox understood that despite maybe some learning curves that they were going to have to navigate with a guy who hadn't managed in the big leagues, not unlike Aaron Boone, um, they knew they were getting somebody who could build relationships with players and communicate with them. And and he has been all that was advertised in that regard. Uh, Obviously being bilingual helps a little bit to, uh, to communicate with the Latino players, but, uh, from both veterans and younger players. Uh, he gets full marks across the board in terms of his handling of the clubhouse, communicating with players, uh, you know, building some trust and relationships with important guys and lesser guys on the roster. And, and that's really, uh, I think, what the Red Sox are most encouraged about a half season into his managerial stint. Yeah, like you said, no, you can't question the record, but a lot of those other little things outside of the record, they matter, especially, you know, not just this year, but moving forward as to what kind of manager they have. We're talking with Sean McAdam, Boston Sports Journal, Yanks, Red Sox begin the big three-game series tomorrow night in the Bronx. Are the fans, Sean, are they into this? Because from a New York perspective, I don't know, I feel like it's, you know, I, look, years ago was uh, greatest rivalry. I know that historically greatest rivalry, but in the last re- several years, past several years, it hasn't really felt the way that it's feeling now. Earlier in the year, they get into a little dust-up, both teams battling back and forth, AL, suprem- AL East supremacy all year long. I feel like the rivalry starting to come back to the way it was, you know, early 2000s or whatever it was, with Zimmer getting thrown on the ground by Pedro, all those things. Did the fans, are they getting into this rivalry again, back into this rivalry again with the Yankees this year? Yeah, I think they are, and I think you'll see that heightened over the weekend here. And, you know, I think already people are sort of circling the last two weeks of the regular season where the Red Sox are in the Bronx again for the third time, and then the Yankees are here for the final weekend. Because uh, for the first time in a while, both teams are really good. You know, the Red Sox won the division the last couple of years. Yankees were sort of, uh, you know, They were chasing the Red Sox in September, but the lead was always fairly comfortable. Uh, Then the Yankees got in as the wild card, and they, you know, I I think what really needs to happen to reignite the rivalry is for the teams to meet in the postseason for the first time since 2004. Uh, I I think those are the kind of uh, games and confrontations that really move it up a couple of notches. It's one thing to play. With the unbalanced schedule, you can meet 18 or 19 times a year, and each team goes to the other's ballpark three for three series. And that certainly breeds familiarity and sometimes contempt when you see uh, another team that many times. But it has remarkably been, what, 14 years since they've met in October. Hard to believe. Yeah, and the prospect of 
that final series of the year, if not the final two series over the final two weeks, determining who wins the division and who has to go into that one-game playoff, and then the prospect of them meeting right away in the division series uh, should whoever wins the wild, you know, the Red Sox win the division, Yankees win the wild card, and the Yankees win the wild card in advance, or vice versa. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have those teams playing as many as what uh, eleven games in the span of two and a half weeks or three weeks at the end of September and into October with a lot on the line. First, the division title, and then. Uh, the ability to advance to the ALCS, I I think that is sort of what's needed. There's no question that the rivalry has been ratcheted up um, more than it's been in the last few years. Um, You know, I I think it was probably impossible to sustain the level that we saw in 03 and 04. And the fact that a lot of the principals involved there, be it, uh, you know, Jeter or Posada or Mariano. Yeah, A-Rod, exactly. Yeah, I mean, all those guys have sort of moved on. So it takes a little time for one fan base to start hating the other team's players. Uh, You know, you start to see that a little bit with Judge now and to a lesser degree Stanton because he's only played, you know, three games in Boston. But um, I think the more familiarity and the more exposure those core players get with the other team's fan base, the more the animosity gets ramped up. And who knows if we revisit uh, what happened with the, you know, with Kelly here back in April? Whether that rears its head at all this weekend, but I, I, I still think that the prospect of end of the season uh, confrontation down the stretch and in the playoffs would be the thing that would really take that rivalry back up to that level again. No, that'll be awesome, and it doesn't take much to ignite uh, this rivalry. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the weekend, Sean, with the Yanks and Sox. Thanks for a couple minutes. We appreciate it. My pleasure, Sal. Thanks for having.